0: With Back to God Ministries, how's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen, let me start us off with Proverbs 3.5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Amen. Verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Amen. I just had to put that scripture out there. You want to know why? I grabbed my phone. I don't know what button I pushed, but this scripture came up. So I felt compelled to begin the podcast off with that. Today, we are going to be looking at how we ought to live, a.k.a. the Believer's Walk. Folks, listen, we are talking about how... Now that we are born again, how are we to live? So let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, oh, how grateful we are that we serve a loving God who demonstrated his love for humanity by sending us a savior the Lord Jesus Christ, who willingly went to the cross to die for our sins. He took the punishment that was rightly due to us, for we sinned against you, Father. But Christ Jesus paid the penalty for our wrongdoing by suffering and enduring the agony of the cross, he was absolutely sinless, perfect beyond all imagination. Not only that, but obedient to your will, walking in complete subjection to you. Christ Jesus made atonement for our sin, reconciling us back to you. Father, his blood was shed so that our sins may be forgiven, that through repentance we may receive the free gift of salvation, of which we could not have possibly earned by our own efforts it is a free gift that we say yes we receive it in the name of Jesus by your grace and your mercy and long suffering you have transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of your dear son your word father shows us now that we are born again, we are expected to live obedient lives, lives with a purpose that that serves your will and bring you glory. We are to produce good fruits of righteousness. We are to be diligent, faithful, faithful, righteous, holy, and firm in our belief in Jesus. No longer do we allow sin to be a motivating factor in our lives. We are done with sin. And with your ever-given grace, when we miss the mark, we confess our sin and we repent, and we come to you for forgiveness, and the blood of Jesus continually cleanse and purge us from all unrighteousness. But Father, our mindset is to go calmer and sin no more. How blessed are we that we have your word for it teaches us how to be holy by your Holy spirit. He instructs us in the way of righteousness. Father, we see in Ephesians four verse 29 to 32, let no, corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. Father, what wonderful instructions we have in your word about how we ought to be living. Colossians 1.10 So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Amen. And lastly, Father, Romans 12 for me is the backbone to our faith verses 1 <clears throat> 1 through 2 tells us paul says i appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy, and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. So Father, I ask for wisdom. I ask for wisdom to teach today's lesson. May the Holy Spirit move on me. Give me keen insight into your word because Father, as always, I want to learn. And I pray that my brothers and sisters in Christ, they too ask for wisdom and discernment. May all that we do bring glory to your name. Father, we give you reverence. We give you glory. We give you all of our worship. Hallowed be thy holy name bless your holy name father in jesus mighty name i pray amen amen all right beloved listen this is all about how to live a born again life in christ listen whether or, <clears throat> excuse me whether or not you have heard this before We are supposed to be holy. Yes. Now that, listen, now that we are in Christ, yes, the father fully, completely expects for his children to be obedient and holy. Oh, yes. Listen, I know it is challenging to live in this secular world. Uh Uh-huh where many aspects of a modern lifestyle conflict with God's holiness. So we are going to be looking at several ways we can live life the way the father intended, which is what one of dependence on and dedication to him. Amen. So When we are living life like that, then we are doing what Christ instructed and commanded us to do. Listen, we are to love God, our Father, with our whole hearts, souls, minds, and strength. And not only that, but we must follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So, any discussion of how we are to live now that we are born again should focus first and foremost on the teachings of Jesus Christ, which we can all read about in the Bible. Listen, the entire Bible is full of insight into who God is. Not only that, but insight into our, before coming to Christ, sinful predicament. It also gives insight into God's plan to redeem us and how we should live in light of these realities. Listen. Listen. As Second Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Amen. So, Jesus' teachings in the Gospels, in particular, it is it encapsulate encapsulate the themes found throughout scripture and it it helps us to understand what it means to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and so for this reason we encourage people who want to learn more about Jesus To start by reading the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We read the Gospels. To learn about Christ's teachings. Right? Listen. We can't get to everything Jesus taught on today's podcast. Okay? So... Let's focus on what he said was the greatest commandment to love the Lord, your God. Here we go with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Listen, Jesus went on to add a second commandment that goes along with the first love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, notice. That whole theme of love. We could boil these commandments down to love God, love others. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that, beloved. Listen, though Christ Jesus taught about many topics, everything comes back to that ultimate goal of loving God and loving our neighbor. It makes sense. I mean, it just stands to reason that Jesus says to his disciples in John 13, 35, that people would know they were his disciples because of their love for one another. Amen. Listen, following the teachings of Jesus is first and foremost, about loving others. According to Christ himself, this is the true mark of a true disciple of his. If you want to follow the teachings of Jesus to live this wonderful born-again life, listen, beloved, don't overcomplicate things. Focus on these overarching commandments and let them inform the way you and I live each and every day. So, remember, mm, listen, I am drinking the most delicious hot tea. This is what is this called? Peach Passion. I forget the maker. But let me tell you, this tea is awesome. So, like I was saying, remember how the Pharisees tried to create rule after rule to make sure they pleased God over there in the Old Testament and trying to do all of those works of the law. Jesus had... Nothing but harsh words for them. It was, it was the sincere sinners, those who saw their need for forgiveness, who truly loved God and let that love overflow to others, that Jesus saw as his genuine followers not the hypoc not the hypocritical pharisees but those like the thief on the cross who truly repented of their sins knew they needed a savior these were the ones jesus saw as his genuine followers so when we have spent enough time In the Word, we see that one of the characteristics of Jesus' teachings throughout the Gospels is his use of parables. Jesus tells parables or stories meant to teach a spiritual lesson. More than two dozen times in the Gospels, we read about these different parables. So, if you didn't grow up reading Bible stories, you might find some of Jesus' stories a little odd. You wouldn't be the only one. Listen, the people who were there to hear him tell his parables in person were also confused at times. Yeah, they were. That is because they took the stories at face value, instead of realizing they were metaphorical. Jesus used imagery that was accessible to the people at the time. That's why his stories, aka parables, often center on things like bringing in a harvest, uh, trying to make ends meet shepherding listen these were things people in that area and at that time understood very well we may not relate as well to the imagery he used but we can still see the message he was trying to convey so the goal of many of his parables is to explain what the kingdom of heaven is like. Some of the things he likens the kingdom of heaven to include a mustard seed, yeast in a lump of dough, hidden treasure in a field, a valuable pearl, A net full of good and bad fish. A wedding banquet with unexpected guests. A field of wheat and weeds. So, how do these explanations of heaven help us to live this wonderful born-again life? Listen, their goal, all those teachings and stories and parables is to help us avoid getting bogged down by the mundane things that fill up our days. And instead, remember that we are living for a different kingdom. One that's worth far more than your brief life on earth. We got to remember that. Listen. We place our hope in Christ and his kingdom Mm -hmm. day to day. And that focus, it should cause us to care less and less about things like money and fame and and start caring more about serving our Heavenly Father with our time, energy, and finances. We look to the eternal life to come as well as experience experiencing it today. Listen. In addition to explaining... What the kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus told parables that taught many different spiritual lessons. We can look at some of those parables that had great takeaways. We can encourage each other to read the gospels for ourselves so. Let me give you a little cheat sheet, okay, on what Jesus tells us through these parables. You ready? Here we go. That you should share your faith with others instead of hiding it. Mm Mm-hmm. That we should focus on bettering ourselves before we pass judgment on others. Yeah, we got to make sure that plank is out of our eyes before we go for anyone's speck. Yeah. And that's why he says that we, listen, we can't hide this wonderful good news that we have on the inside of us. And we won't be able to share it if we ourselves are in sin. Listen, he said What's this? Luke eight sixteen. No one when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it out on a lampstand, that those who enter may see the light. Amen. So what else does his parable parables tells us? Well, People respond differently to the gospel. Not everybody wants to hear about Jesus. And some of us knows this all too well. But he told us what to do. We are to shake the dust off our feet and move along. Go on to the next town. Somebody is waiting to hear this good news that how God has made a way for sinners to be made right with him when they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that through repentance, through the changing of your mind, the turning from that old wicked, sinful lifestyle and coming to Christ, you can have your sins forgiven through his shed blood. That's good news because prior to that, we were all hell bound. Mm-hmm. So he also, through his parables, tells us we have an enemy in Satan. Satan. Oh, yes, we do. Not only that, but sad to say, but our hearts are deeply sinful. Yes. Listen, this is why we so much needed a savior, because he tells us in Mark 7 verses 20 to 23, 24. That what comes out of the heart is what defiles the person. And then he goes on to list those disgusting sins that comes out from a person's heart. What? Murder, adulteries, sexual immorality, lasciviousness. It goes on and on. So what else? In the parables we find that we are to be a good neighbor to anyone who needs help, how can we forget the story of the Good Samaritan? He also highlights that we must be prepared for his return Mm -hmm. and that we are to persistently ask for the Holy Spirit and whatever we need. And that we should not focus on laying up earthly treasures. And that how God gives the same gift to people regardless of when they come to faith. Mm -hmm. And that the father elevates outcasts who are sincere in their faith over religious leaders. Oh, yes. Yes. God seeks the lost like a shepherd. He will exalt the humble. In the Gospels, we found out that the angels rejoice over every sinner who repents. And how can we ever forget this, that God welcomes prodigals back into his arms Amen. Listen, all these truths can help inform and shape the way we live so we can live a Christ centered life. Christ Jesus covered a lot, but we can see some major things shining through, such as God's love for us and our call to extend God's love to other people. And that's where the Great Commission comes into play. Listen, his word is full of lessons, Mm -hmm. full of instructions and commandments that can help us understand what it means to live a born-again life. So, the parables that Jesus taught reminds us of the central truths of the gospel. And so, what I want to share with you all is Scripture. Okay? I, a few months ago, Holy Spirit sat me down, and we went through a lot of scriptures about how we ought to live. Beloved, it is important that we are taught by Holy Spirit to walk in holiness and in righteousness. But if we don't know what the Word of God says about our new behavior then we will fall back and go back to the vomit. We must be a student of the Word of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We are in school. Holy Spirit is the teacher. He helps us to understand all that Christ has taught. So, that's why we study the Gospels and the writings of the Apostles. So, bring out your Bibles. Yep, it's that time. Listen, we're going to start off over here in Acts chapter 2. To lay down the foundation of the Gospel. Okay, this is after Christ. Went to the cross. He was seen. In his resurrected body. I think the Bible says. Like over 500 people. Saw Jesus in his resurrected body. And and his eyewitnesses. His disciples. Here's Peter. This may be one. Of the. My most cherished. Sermons in the word of God let's go to acts 2 verses I want to say verse 36 hold on or do I want to read the whole chapter yeah you know what I'm gonna have to read the whole chapter because when we get to verse 36 hold on because see verse 36 says therefore okay therefore what Whenever we see a therefore, we must read the context above it because what's about to be said next is based on what one previously heard. Therefore, based on this, now, based on that, now this. So, come on, verse 1. So, listen. This is the day of Pentecost, right? When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violent wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared appeared to them tongues resembling fire which were being distributed among them and they rested on each one of them as each person received the holy spirit amen and they were all filled that is diffused throughout their being with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues different languages as the spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly, okay, not all that ba ba ba, sha sha sha, ta, ta ta ta, k k k. No, it was clear and it was appropriate, okay. Verse five. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout and God-fearing men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound was heard, a crowd gathered and they were bewildered because each one was hearing those in the upper room speaking in his own language or dialect. They were completely astonished. Amen. And then if we come down, okay, to verse 12, and they were beside themselves with amazement and were greatly perplexed, saying one to another, what could this mean? But others were laughing and joking and ridiculing them, saying they are full of sweet wine and are drunk verse 14, Acts 2. But Peter, standing with the 11, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judah, and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be explained to you. Listen carefully and pay attention to what I have to say. These people are not drunk, As you assume, since it is only nine o'clock in the morning, the third hour of the day, but this is the beginning of what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. Verse 17, and it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see divinely prompted visions and your old men shall dream divinely prompted dreams. Even on my bondservants, both men and women, I will in those days pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy, and I will bring about wonders in the sky above and signs, attesting miracles on the earth below, blood and fire and smoking vapor." The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. Amen. And it shall be that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord in invoking, adoring and worshiping the Lord Jesus shall be saved, rescued spiritually. Amen. Verse 22, men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man accredited and pointed out and attested to you by God with the power to perform miracles and wonders and signs, which God worked through him in your very midst. Just as you yourselves know, this man, when handed over to the Roman authorities, beloved, don't you love this backstory? I love it. According to the predetermined decision and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross and put to death by the hands of lawless and godless men. But God raised him up, releasing him and bringing an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in death's power. Amen. For David says of him, I saw the Lord constantly before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken from my state of security. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue exalted exceedingly. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope, that is, will encamp in anticipation of of the resurrection for you will not forsake me and abandon my soul to hades the realm of the dead nor let your holy one undergo decay after death verse 28 you have made known to me the ways of life you fill me infusing my soul with joy, with joy, with your presence. Amen. Brothers, I may confidently and freely say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Beloved, keep in mind, Peter is screaming this. He's not, well, you know, cause on this day, no, he is lifting up his voice like a trumpet. Listen, mm. verse 30. And so being a prophet, talking about King David, being a prophet and knowing fully that God had sworn to him with an oath that he would seat one of his descendants on his throne. He foresaw and spoke prophetically of the resurrection of the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, that he was not abandoned in death to Hades, the realm of the dead, nor did his body undergo decay. God raised this Jesus bodily from the dead. And of that fact, we are all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this blessing, which you both see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, yet he he himself says, The Lord, the Father, said to my Lord, the Son, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Amen. Verse 36. Therefore. Okay. Here we go. Therefore, let all the house of Israel recognize beyond all doubt that God has made him both Lord and Christ, Messiah, the anointed, this Jesus, whom you crucified. Amen. Verse 37. So now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart with remorse and anxiety. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what are we to do? And Peter said to them, repent, change your old way of thinking Turn from your sinful ways. Accept and follow Jesus as the Messiah and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Because of the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39. For the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children and for all who are far away including the gentiles as many as the Lord our God calls to himself amen and peter verse 40 solemnly testified and continued and continued to admonish and urge them with many more words saying, be saved from this crooked and unjust generation. So then those who accepted his message were baptized. And on that day, about 3000 souls were added to the body of believers they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to what instruction to to the instruction of the apostles and to fellowship and to to eating meals together and prayers amen so now that we are in the family we this is if you will a community among those who have cried out to the living god so as the body of christ how are we to interchange and fellowship with one another okay this is how we do it verse 43 a sense of awe was felt by everyone, and many wonders and signs attesting miracles were taking place through the apostles. And all those who have believed in Jesus as Savior were together and had all things in common, considering their possessions to belong to the group as a whole and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing the proceeds okay do we see that today not so much definitely not amongst these mega churches nope then the first century church They began selling their property and possessions, and they were sharing the proceeds among themselves as anyone had need. Day after day, they met in the temple area, continuing with one mind. Please don't, don't get me started again about these denominations. They are of different minds. They don't come together in unity. This is how we supposed to be coming together. One mind. Look, verse 46. Day after day, they met in the temple area continuing continuing with one mind and breaking bread in various private homes. They were eating their meals together with joy and generous hearts, praising God continually and having favor with all people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily, those who were being saved. Amen. So that's the foundation. That's how we should be getting along as one body. We only got one Lord, one God, one Holy Spirit. So don't get me started. Check the podcast. I did an episode the other day. Please, 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 please please tune into that. So, we have Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 37. Because again, we need to highlight how we, as the body of Christ, how we should share amongst one another. Acts 4, starting at verse 32. Now, the company of believers was of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was exclusively his own, but everything was common property and for the use of all. (sighs) That seemed like it was a glorious time. We don't we don't hardly see that today. Listen, try going to one of these wolves in sheep's clothing, heading up these mega churches. Go over to them and ask them, can can they sell one of their mansions? Because you are about to be put out and you have no money. Not only you, but your whole community needs housing, clothing, jobs vehicles where they sitting and living high on the hog try getting a light bill paid Mm -hmm. yeah they will quickly point you to social services it's not not near one of them and if they have given a house or a car or or some money trust and believe it was far and few in between all the money they making off the false doctrine of tithing, huh? How can someone preaching the word of God is almost a billionaire? And I don't want to hear. Well, you know what? Cause see, I'm a businessman. I got oil rigs. I I um, I sell electricity. I write books. I do this. I do that. Yes, yeah, so I'm a billionaire. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Move it along. Move it along. Listen, verse 33. And with great ability and power, the apostles were continuously testifying to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace, which is God's remarkable loving kindness and favor and goodwill rested richly upon them all there was not, listen, verse 34, there was not a needy person among them. Why? Because those who were owners of land or houses were selling them and bringing the proceeds of the sales and placing the money down at the apostles' feet. Then it was distributed to each as anyone had need. Amen. Now Joseph, verse 36, a Levite and native of Cyprus, who was surnamed Barnabas by the apostles, which which translated means son of encouragement, sold a field belonging to him and brought the money and set it at the apostles' feet. Amen. So you want to know how we are to be living now that we are born again. We are to care for one another in the body. If you know of anyone in this family that has a need and you are able to help, help, help. So we have Romans I need to pray Father in the name of Jesus may you may you give us wisdom give us insight and discernment to go and seek those who may be in need those who are in the body direct our paths whether it be to a ministry that's really for Jesus, an organization that's really preaching the gospel. May you direct us to those who are in need, Father. We want to help. We may not have all the, the resources to do how we how we really want to do do it but we depend on you to guide us and show us and whatever provision you give to us may we have willing hearts to share cheerfully with our brethren thank you father in jesus mighty name i pray amen yeah i just I just felt led i just had had to pray that because our heart our love for our brethren should be great it should be great, and this is why we must be quiet in our spirit sometimes. I know people are busy. Y'all got jobs and families and, and a whole lot going on. So it is my heart's desire that we hear from the Lord to direct us to those who are in need, whether we can offer our time, our energy, our money, whatever, but as long as we are helping one another. And I pray for discernment because you have a lot of organizations out there that are scammers. Or they don't give as much to the needy, but they keep a lot of it for themselves. Not everybody is on the up and up. But as the Holy Spirit prompts us to give, give. And if something is shady going on, well, they have to answer to the Lord. We, out of the treasure of our hearts, we give. Amen. And then we have Romans 4.24 to 25 beloved listen i'm giving us these scriptures so that we can go back and study and meditate these are the behaviors that we need to do and to come out of okay Romans four twenty four to twenty five says, but for our sake also, to whom righteousness will be credited, as those who believe in Him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was betrayed and crucified because of our sins, and was raised from the dead because of our justification our acquittal, absolving us of all sin before God. Amen. I believe I put that in there to keep our minds focused at all times on Jesus and what he has done for us and why we are now in this wonderful position with the Father, having been reconciled amen thank you Holy spirit and then we have Romans 5 1 11 I mean 11 <laughs> Romans 5 1 through 11 let me just say this in my in in my journal these block of scriptures that I'm giving us I believe the mindset was to to, to give us a structure of where we are, how we got here, what Christ has done for us. Setting up now, this is how we live. We live relative of what Christ has done for us. But if we don't know fully, because you can't trust nothing, okay, coming out of these Apostate denominational churches. You can't believe nothing they say. Okay? I don't care how sweet and nice they may be. The fact that they are participating in the schism throws up a red flag on any teaching coming out of there because it's going to be twisted. It's going to have false doctrine attached to it. It has a smidgen, a smidgen of truth wrapped around a great big old lie. We don't know what's truth, what is false, unless we are around Christ Jesus to know what He says. So, if you find yourselves in one of these unbiblical denominations, you will know immediately it's time to go. They preaching and teaching false doctrine. Where do you think these doctrines of demons come from? They don't come from the church of Jesus Christ. No. They come in out of these apostate churches. So, the results of justification. Romans 5, verses 1 through 11. Paul was saying, Therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God, by faith, let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God. Amen. Beloved, I'm telling you, if we, right, Holy Spirit, if we don't understand what took place at the cross, how are you going to enjoy your victory in Christ? Yes. This is why today is like a straight-up Bible study today. Verse 2. Through him... We also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. And not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship Distress, pressure, trouble produces patient endurance. And endurance, proven character, which is spiritual maturity. And proven character, hope, and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us. Why? because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen. Verse 6, While we were still hopeless, powerless to provide for our salvation, at the right time, Christ died as a substitute for the ungodly. Now it is an extraordinary thing for one to willingly give his life, even for an upright man, though perhaps for a good man, one who is noble and selfless and worthy, someone might even dare to die. But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners Christ died for us. Amen. Verse 9. Therefore, okay? since we have now been justified, declared free of the guilt of sin by his blood, How much more certain is it that we will be saved from the wrath of God through him? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, it is much more certain having been reconciled that we will be saved from the consequences of sin by his life. That is, we will be saved because Christ lives today. Amen. Verse 11, not only that, but we also rejoice in God, rejoicing in his love and perfection through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received and enjoy our reconciliation with God. Amen. See, now once we get the backstory, once we get this wonderful news about what happened to us, can't we now appreciate, appreciate even more of what Christ did for us? I'm telling you, Romans 5 1 through 11. This got to be the backbone to all instruction. You all know, I love my Romans chapter 6. And how appropriate. Having read what we just read about our justification. and, And how all that came to be through Christ Jesus. Well, going forward, Romans 6, now that Christ has gone to the cross, he has died, he has resurrected, Holy Spirit is now indwelling us, we now have right standing with the Father, we have been justified, we have been declared not guilty of sin. Although we were sinners, Christ took our punishment, we we have been pardoned. We now stand before Holy God, righteous, as if we've never sinned, all because of Christ Jesus. God's wrath is no longer upon us, and with all that being said, how Are we ought to be living? Well, Romans 6 paints a wonderful picture of where we now stand. How we must consider ourselves to be dead to sin. And let me tell you something. I love it. Every time Holy Spirit gives me Romans 6 to to teach on, listen, I can teach on Romans 6 now until Jesus comes back. Or I go by the way of the grave, this and Galatians 2.20. I love it. So, believers are dead to sin and alive to God. That's That's good news especially since we were on our way straight to a burning hell. I'm telling you, sometimes we just got to take a pause and realize just how blessed we truly are. We, listen, we don't deserve none of this. And some of us, listen, my hand is the first to be raised. And some of us take this for granted. I know I did in times past before the Lord brought me to my senses. Oh, yes. We, we can take what Jesus did for us and just be like, oh, okay. What do you mean? Oh, oh, okay. No, we should be doing cartwheels every day. Listen, Romans 6. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to let y'all go. So listen what shall we say to all of this should we continue in sin and practice sin as a habit so that god's gift of grace may increase and overflow absolutely not listen paul was like how can we the very ones who died to sin continue to live in it any longer Or are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Question mark. Verse 4. We, listen, we have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, Through the glory and power of the Father, we too, okay? We too might walk habitually in newness of life, abandoning our old ways, beloved. Verse 5, for if, listen, if we have become one with him, permanently united in the likeness of his death, we will also certainly be one with him and share fully in the likeness of his resurrection. We know, verse 6, we know that our old self, our human nature without the Holy Spirit, was nailed. Beloved, see, this is why I also love Galatians 2.20, because Paul tells us over there that we have been crucified with Christ. So, if Christ was nailed to the cross, well, spiritually, this old nasty, sinful, dead nature was also, like Paul is saying over here, where we at? verse 6, was nailed to the cross with him. Why? In order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Amen. Can't we now see the progression? Now that we have been justified, we are now finding out, we are no longer slaves to sin. Not in Christ, we're not. No. So, where we at? Verse 7. For the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin. Amen. Did you know that, beloved? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we can't stop saying it is impossible to stop sinning when scripture is telling us we who have died with Christ, we have been freed from the power of sin. Are you saying that Christ's death, burial and resurrection didn't work for you? Are you the only one? Because we seem to agree with this. This is some good news for us who have been our whole lives slaves to sin. You got to get on board. No, no, no. You better get on board and stop sinning. Okay? In Christ, we have been set free. And don't even fix your face about Romans 7, oh, wretched man that I am. I'm telling you, Paul was not a slave to sin when he when he wrote Romans 7, oh, wretched man that I am. No, he was not. Yeah, but, but he said, listen to what he said in verse 24. Did you not read all before? He wanted to do right, but he couldn't. He, all the bad he didn't want to do, he seems to do that even more. Oh, wretched man. I can't get this right. Paul, again, the understanding is that Paul, okay, the context real quick, please, beloved, I got to move on. Romans 7 is all about, he was talking about the law and that and that how in particular about the old wretched man and how he was lamenting about just how wretched he was trying to please God, but he can't. He wanted to, but he didn't. Paul was saying that one who was living up under the law without Christ having gone to the cross, all of this wonderful justification has not taken place for no one. People who lived under the law of Moses, for the most part, they loved God, but because their spirits were not born again, this is... This is before Holy Spirit indwelling a born-again believer. No one living up under the law was born again. Therefore, in their own strength, they could not keep the law. It was totally impossible. They wanted to please God, but they found themselves still sinning. Why? Christ Jesus has not come on the scene yet, dying for the sins of the world, making the great exchange on the cross. No one was filled with the Holy Spirit to now love God the way how we can love Him after the resurrection. It is by grace now, not by works, because there's nothing we could do To earn justification is a free gift by faith. They didn't have that kind of faith. Because they thought their works were good enough. But it wasn't. So, back over here. Where we at? Romans 6. Okay. Verse 7. For the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin. Amen. So how can Paul in one chapter talking about as if he was talking about himself current day, a slave to sin, but over here in chapters and yet, where we at Romans six, Okay, over here in Romans 6, telling us how we have been freed from sin and we are no longer slaves. Beloved, Paul was not bipolar. Okay, so it it just stands to reason that there's another interpretation of Romans 7, 24. So, verse 8. Now... If we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live together with him because we know the self-evident truth that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin. Listen, Ending its power and paying the sinner's debt once and for all. Amen. Beloved, I don't know about you all, but this is some great, great news for me. Okay. Anybody who was hell bound now coming to Christ and reading this, this, this don't make you joyful this don't make you even more appreciate what Christ and the Father has done for us when we didn't even deserve none of this. It makes me grateful. It, it, truly, it truly makes me grateful. Verse 10, I got to read it again. For the death. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm-mm-mm. For the death that he died... He died to sin, ending its power and paying the sinner's debt once and for all. And the life that he lives, he lives to glorify God in unbroken fellowship with him. Verse 11, even so, that means you too. That means likewise, beloved, you too. Mm Mm-hmm. Even so, consider yourselves, me, you, to be dead to sin and your relationship to it broken, but alive to God in unbroken fellowship with him and Christ Jesus. Amen. Beloved, our relationship with sin has been broken. Consider yourselves dead to it. Yes. Therefore, verse 12, here we go. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and passions. Do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God in a decisive act as those alive raised from the dead to a new life and your members all of your abilities sanctified set apart as instruments of righteousness yielded to God why verse 14 For sin will no longer be a master over you since you are not under law as slaves, but under unmerited grace as recipients of God's favor and mercy. Amen. Verse 15. Come on. We got to finish this out. What then? Okay. Are we to conclude Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under God's grace? Absolutely not. Do you not know that when you continually, beloved, offer yourselves to someone to do his will, you are the slaves of the one whom you obey, either slaves of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience which leads to righteousness right standing with god but thank god that though you were slaves of sin you became obedient i love this you became obedient with all your heart to the standard of teaching in which you were instructed and to which you were committed and haven't been set free from sin. Because I love it the way Paul don't let up on the fact that we have been set free from sin. I love it that he keeps telling us sin no longer is our master. We are to consider ourselves dead to it. And the relationship we had with it is over. And now he, here he is. Where are we at? Verse 18. And having been set free from sin, you have become the slaves of righteousness. Of conformity to God's will and purpose. He says in verse 19 I'm speaking in familiar human terms because of your natural limitations, your spiritual immaturity for just as, listen, for just as you presented your bodily members as slaves to impurity and to moral lawlessness, leading to further lawlessness. So now, beloved, okay, offer your members, your abilities, your talents, as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification, that is being set apart for God's purpose. Amen. I'm telling y'all, Paul is telling us keep the same energy, the same energy that you put all in for sin. That same zeal, that same vigor, put it towards righteousness. The same way that you broke your neck to sin every single day without fail, do that for righteousness now. Verse 20, he said, when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness, you had no desire, (laughs) Paul is is telling the truth, he said, you had no desire to conform to God's will, so what benefit did you get at that time, from the things of which you are now ashamed, none, 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 For the outcome of those things is death. But now I almost knocked the light over. I love it. Verse 22. But now, here we go. Since you have been set free from sin. Listen, I think Paul said this about four or five times already. Why? Why? Holy Spirit. Why is Paul repeatedly Beaten us in the head over and over. We have been set free from sin. You want to know why? Because we have. We have. Yes, yes, and amen. Verse 22. But now, since you have been set free from sin and have become willing slaves to God... You have your benefit resulting in sanctification, being made holy and set apart for God's purpose. And the outcome of this is eternal life. Amen. See, but guess what? Paul ends this chapter with verse 23, just so we remain grounded. And don't get too slappy happy and take his grace as a license to sin. He wraps it up for us. Verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God, that is his remarkable, overwhelming gift of grace to believers is eternal life in Christ Jesus Our our Lord. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? So. What is the main takeaway? Because we got to find out. Why? What time is it? Oh, yo, I got to go. But listen, we got to find out why some claim it is impossible to stop sinning when John wrote in his letters that born-again children overcome the world. they overcome the world. and what he said, where are we at first John five verse verse four. For everyone born of God is victorious, see, victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has that has conquered and overcome the world. What is it? Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the son of God. Listen, verse five, real quick. Who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world? It is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Verse 12 of 1 John 5. Listen, he who has the Son. By accepting him as Lord and Savior has the life. That is eternal. He who does not have the Son of God by personal faith does not have the life. Amen. So there we have that beloved. We see now how Christ Jesus paid. A dear price. For our sanctification. And because of that. We live like we got some sense. (laughs) That's the best way. That's the best way I can say it. Listen I'm not trying to be deep. Nor spiritual. We must live like we have some common. Born again sense. If we know. That. That. Christ defeated sin on our behalf. why oh why oh why are we still claiming it's impossible to live this born-again life still in these bodies in this secular world without living a life of habitual sin? Well, to answer your question, that's because you want to sin.-hmm you you don't believe in Jesus cuz if you believed in him then then you will live your life like you do believe that he set you free from sin that's how we that's how that's the only way to look at it listen i'm not again i'm not condemning anybody i'm on here by the grace of god Opening our eyes. My eyes too. I'm telling you, it's a glorious thing that we can understand the word of God by the Holy Spirit. It's it's starting to make sense. It may make, it makes perfect sense now. So I pray that we all stay out of habitual blatant sin you're not going to benefit from this beloved you're not going to win you're not going to pull nothing over on Jesus he's smarter than that he's been around since forever (laughs) okay he knows the hearts of men oh yes he does He sees all and he knows all. And not only that, it's all being recorded in heaven. We ain't getting away with nothing. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus. We see over here in 1 John 5, verse 18. We know with confidence that... Anyone born of God does not habitually sin, but he, Jesus, who was born of God, carefully keeps and protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. Amen. We know for a fact that we are of God, and the whole world around us lies in the power of the evil one opposing God and his precepts. And we have seen and know by personal experience that the son of God has actually come to this world and has given us understanding and insight so that we may thank you, Holy Spirit, so that we may progressively, And personally know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, in His Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Amen. Father, lastly, in verse 21, we believers, we are to guard ourselves from idols. Meaning false teachings, moral compromises, and anything that would take God's place in our hearts. Amen. Father, we absolutely love you. Thank you for this wonderful understanding that we don't have to be clueless. We don't have to keep trying to figure out if I am born again, why is not my life reflective of the kingdom? Where is the peace and the joy and the righteousness in my life if I'm born again? We may need to do self-examination, Father, all of us. We need to daily look over our lives. Because Father, sometimes, 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 as we sit quietly and wait, we don't have a whole lot to do in a particular season. So maybe that quietness like that, it should not be, it should not be given to boredom it we we shouldn't just chop it up to well you know what I'm just bored ain't nothing to do that could just mean it's quiet season quiet season especially when when there's so much activity and then there seem to be a lull help us to understand and recognize in those quiet times it is what it is. Rest. Rest so that we can hear. This is not the time to go back into sin. It it can be tempting when it's quiet and nothing much going on and nothing really do. Weather is changing. Can't be out there so much doing hand-to-hand combat with evangelism on the street. Weather's changing. So maybe this is just a time to chill, relax. Do lessons. Study the Word of God. Meditate on just what Jesus did for us. Thank you, Father, for reflection. We love you so much. Thank you. Forgiven us this day. We ask father. For more of your grace. More wisdom. More strength. More tenacity. Fill us more and more and more. With your Holy Spirit. Bless your holy name father. In Jesus mighty name. I ask of these things. Thank you father. Thank you. Amen. All right, beloved, well, there we have that. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Do not be deceived. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who are born again, do not make it a practice to willfully, knowingly, and deliberately go on sinning. Why? God's righteous character is now living on the inside of the born-again believer. That's why. Amen. Amen. Until next time, Lord willing, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now.